Hello and welcome to Office Hours. I'm Greg Yatman. Today, I am lucky to be joined again by not only Mehmet Yavuz, but also Dean Bubbly. If you've seen previous episodes of either Slice of Salona or a previous episode of Office Hours, you'll know that we have Dean uh, as our resident expert, uh, analyst, uh, wireless guru to join us from time to time to get let us know whether we're on track, off track, or what's happening in the industry in general. So today he's joining us to speak about network slicing, the what's, where's, why's, when's of network slicing. Um, but before we jump into that, let's define what it is. So with that, <clears throat> I will kick it over to Mehmet to tell us what is your definition of network slicing? Yeah, great question. And again, uh, so nice to be here uh, with you, Dean. Thanks for joining us. The network slicing concept is a very hot topic in, in 5G world. And uh, there are a lot of uh, discussions going about it, uh, not too many real applications yet, uh, but the concept is very powerful. It's essentially uh, a service provider or managed service provider or operator, whatever you wanna call it, providing different slices of the 5G infrastructure, both hardware and software, you can think about it, uh, to different end customers, right? Uh, typical example people talk a lot about, uh, which is honestly more related to traditional macrocellular network is a mobile network operator providing different slices to different customers. For example, for an automotive company, an operator can give a slice. For a manufacturing company, the mobile network operator can give a different slice. And these slices may have different uh, kind of uh, characteristics such as maybe low latency, ULLC, or it can be uh, you know, high uh, bandwidth and so forth. The other aspect is uh, the device, the mobile device can request a certain slice. Like device can request a ULLC, ultra reliable low latency slice or an EMBB uh, slice from the network. So, all those uh, things need to come together for an actual commercial service uh, that makes sense. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the private uh, 5G use cases, what we are doing at Salona and so forth. But Dean, before we dive more into details of that, I'll love, I, I would love to hear your take on network slicing. Uh, thank you, Mehmet. And uh, glad to be back on the show again. Um, so I... I I, I view very differently slicing within a well-engineered specific private network. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute versus the public network. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm a bit of a slice skeptic on the public network for national deployments, partly because you know, it really only comes into, into reality with release 15 and 16, but also because in the public network, Whilst there are some applications, for example, you might want to segregate fixed wireless access on a given cell with a certain amount of capacity and quality versus the mobile broadband. Um, where it gets trickier is in the real world across a, a big network, national network, you'll have pockets of 5G, areas of 4G, indoor coverage constraints, and a whole bunch of other things that make some of the visions harder to realize. Whereas in a private network, it's controlled by typically an enterprise or maybe a service provider for the enterprise. So they know 
the the characteristics they engineer the coverage better the capacity and also importantly in a lot of cases they will be defining the applications and the sims so there's no sort of tussle between oh i'm a gold user with a platinum application and you're a silver user with a premium diamond application but you're roaming and there's fewer parameters in the private scenario whereas in in the macro scenario i think is more of a challenge so i'm, I'm very interested in in you know, yeah, to be honest, it, it, it's not dissimilar in an enterprise setting to what is familiar on um, a, a LAN or, a, you know, so a corp- or, a corp- or existing corporate corporate network wired or Wi-Fi, where you've got VLANs, where you, you know, the network manager can set uh, priorities and so on. So it's a similar sort of setting because it's more controlled, the fewer variables than than in the wide area. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're right on spot, uh, Dean. And... Uh, I totally agree with the uh, challenges of uh, network slicing at a national level, right, for a mobile network operator. But let's talk about private 5G, right? A a deployment region, a certain area, and you have different applications. And we take the network slicing concept for the private 5G and make it really much more granular uh, for all these different applications running in a private 5G. And what we do is we can we give the ability to the end customers to enforce strict SLAs for radio resources and isolating some of the network resources and providing KPI level monitoring and orchestration all of, for all of these. And we call this micro slicing, right? Our approach as Salona uh, for, for this whole concept is micro slicing. And what, at the end of the day, what really matters is for the devices and applications running in this private 5G network, how can it be uh, guaranteed uh, QoS? How can the traffic be isolated and tied to different VLANs or VXLANs in the network? How can the uh, access and identity uh, policy management uh, can work together with the existing LAN infrastructure? So that's, that's what uh, we do. Our approach is very LAN specific. And uh, at the end of the day, it's easy to manage and orchestrate, right? If a customer wants 10 megabits per second guaranteed uplink throughput for a set of cameras, they can just create a separate device group. They make a separate VLAN for this application. And that uh, application can be defined as what is the computer vision server that's used like a five tuple or DHCP marking, a simple kind of mechanism that the enterprise IT can manage and you're done, right? You created a micro slice for the IP camera application. You have handheld devices, you need a guaranteed latency for the applications running on there. You create a separate slice with a separate VLAN and you can segment different uh, devices based on their uh, MAC addresses and so forth. So that's that's how we approach it, and we're getting a lot of traction so far in the market. And I, I think in, in an, that enterprise setting, the CIO roughly they will know how many video cameras they've got around the perimeter. They know how many AGVs they've bought. All right, if it, it's slightly different, if it was a yeah a, a, a venue like a, where you've got visitors, but to be honest, most of the early deployments of private networks are where they are. You know, corporate owned and issued devices and sims it is it's cameras it's robots it's handhelds these sorts of things so you know the the, the solutions 
people are designing for, they will know how many, you know, there's never going to be more than five robots in that part of the factory or whatever it happens to be. So they can dimension everything. And, and they've got more of an idea as well of what, what the priorities are. What's the most important thing? What is the most safety critical thing? And that's going to vary depending on the, the location and the site. Yeah, it could be very different to a warehouse, which has full, full automation and no humans, to an airport um, where you've got vehicles driving around and passengers and baggage and regulation and compliance and security issues. And I think that at that point, someone is, a, is able to, if you like, take control of it. And, and having the tools to do that makes sense. And the tools is the key part, absolutely, right? It needs to be simple to configure and manage. I mean, if there are hundreds of parameters, no one is going to be able to configure all of that. But if you give them 10 options, right? Saying, okay, these are your 10 slice, micro slices that you can choose from. And then if it is a matter of selecting, okay, these are my devices. I want this kind of slice for that device. And device group and this is the throughput requirement that I have guaranteed GBR and boom you're done right so that's that's the key and I think one thing that particularly jumps out at me is a lot of the private networks that I see they start with one application and I think there's going to be a really interesting discussion when a production network that's supporting one application wants to add in application two three four is they will want to be certain that it doesn't break whatever application one, which probably, to be honest, paid for the deployment in the first place. Yeah, if, if you if you put video cameras for security for compliance reasons, you know that's probably paid for itself. The compliance department has has justified the investment. And if someone else comes along and says, "Well, I want to run handhelds, or I want to run this robot," that it absolutely can't get in front of the the cameras that you bought the initial implementation for. Absolutely. And I think that's where the really deterministic QoS of 3GPP comes in, right? In, in, in uh, 5G, you have both actually LTE and 5G, you have these different QoS classes, the QCIs or 5QIs defined by the standard that can give strict priority and it can have a guaranteed uh, bitrate, right? GBR defined. So you have all the abilities that comes with the 3GPP. And what we do is we tie these different slices, micro slices to different QS classes, uh, QCIs and 5QIs. So you know the exact strict priority of uh, different micro slices and you know the guaranteed bitrate and each uh, slice comes with a, a guaranteed packet delay uh, value and a, a packet error rate, right? So those are deterministic, you're guaranteed and of course, uh, there's the best effort class always, right? The default. So anything that's not assigned to any of these micro slices get the best effort uh, treatment. I think that's also important in, in situations where you've got existing deployments of, of Wi-Fi of different types and classes of Wi-Fi as well as private cellular. It may be that half your you're not going to throw out necessarily all your old Wi-Fi cameras just because you've got some some cellular ones, and so you perhaps want to sort of map them together or have you know, an associated group or something like that. So I think that, that there's going to be a difference here between the what I call greenfield and brownfield deployment of networks, where you know if if you're building your your warehouse from the ground up, you can design in 
you know, perhaps you, you make it maybe not all cellular, but cellular primary. Whereas other things you, you're going to be saying, well, I've got my warehouse and everything works well, but I want to buy these new AGVs that go indoors and outdoors. So I need to have them on cellular. And I put that on, you know, on a separate group. Maybe with a, you, know, you have API links between your, your um, Wi-Fi platform and the, the, um, the cellular. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very good point. And today, I mean, the way uh, enterprises work is they put these devices into different VLANs, right? IP domains. And we kind of fit to that uh, exact framework that you described. So today, IP cameras may be on so certain VLAN. And then uh, our customers, when they bring our solution, they can keep the same VLAN as it is. They can keep the same access uh, identity management policies in place. And then they can, they can tie one of the micro slices to that existing VLAN. I mean, that's, hmm. that's the key really to, to work with the current workflow and the infrastructure and the uh, LAN uh, domain that, that these enterprises work with. Um, presumably, um, you can also do this where you have a gateway. So if I've got a 5G gateway, let's say on a vehicle, but then that creates a little bubble of Wi-Fi, that, you know, presumably you can address the, the devices, if you like, the second tier of, of wireless yeah. within that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Very good point. I mean, that, that happens with IoT gateways today, and you may have an IP camera and a sensor attached to a 5G IoT gateway. And what we really do in those cases is in the 3GPP lingo, we create different bearers, right? Different QS bearers, DRBs with the 3GPP term for different QS flows. And each flow can have a separate QCI or 5QI with the uh, you know, well-defined packet error rate, DBR, delay bond. And then you, you treat these two things as uh, two separate microslices. It may be going through the same IoT gateway, but the end device is a separate IP device with a separate MAC address, and they can be in different device groups in the LAN infrastructure. I, I think that's really important because everyone thinks about the sort of if you like hybrids where assumes it's like direct to the device connection. But I, I see a lot of scenarios with gateways and it could be uh, a LoRa gateway backhauled with 5G or 4G. It could be with Wi-Fi. There's, there's lots of different permutations here or even devices which have multiple radios. It gets even more complicated, but it's, I, I think that uh, um, we're going to start getting some of these second order considerations coming through as as the the sector matures very true very true you cannot expect all those end devices to have a 5g uh, module in it right so the gateways are key and but what's really exciting for us is to be able to extend the micro slicing concept to those end devices okay. uh, thanks to having these different qs flows simultaneously going through the uh, 5g airlink Okay, that's that's interesting. I, yeah, because I, normally I, I'd assume that slicing just ended at the, essentially at the SIM. And so if you can actually address, almost like treating the gateway as, as the equivalent of a sort of network address translation box from a IP point of view, that, that, that that's sort of quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, with DHCP relay and so forth, that's, that's something we do, but also the Q, different QS flows can be handled. So... Yeah, well, I, I would love to talk to you some more. Maybe we can whiteboard sometime to go over some of the details. Or maybe that's another episode. I think for the today we've we've sliced up network slicing as much as we can in the, in our allotted time. 
I thank you, you both uh, for your time as usual. Uh, Dean, uh, we always appreciate when you join us. Uh, if you, our listeners or our viewers, have not already Googled Dean Bubbly or Googled Dean Bubbly, uh, disruptive wireless or uh, analysis. Oh, oh. Disru uh, disruptive Dean on Twitter as well. Disruptive Dean. Uh, check him out. Some of the topics we've discussed both in this episode and previous episodes in Slice of Salona and Office Hours will be in articles um, that he has either written or will write in the future. So treat yourself to that. Uh, in addition, uh, please do look back into our repository of Office Hours where you'll find the greatest hits of Mehmet Yavuz. Um, he's got plenty of content there and also some of the webinar content we have in our resources uh, where Mehmet has been a presenter. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed our network slicing episode and that you come back again to Office Hours. Uh, until then, take care, have a great day, and thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, Dean. Bye.